is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. And we're back for yet another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Um, I am your. At this point, I don't even know if I'm a stand-in because I just kind of host when Nick isn't here. So I'm just going to call myself host the fifth choice host just because Nick is the fourth choice. So I'm still officially now a host. It's just I'm fifth in the line of, of order of who should be hosting. The inheritance. <laughs> yeah, I, I take in the inheritance on, on that part. But as always, um, I'm here joined by Jesse Parker Humphreys and we have a returning guest. Third time returning, I think. Mia Erickson, you're back for the third time, right? Or is it the second? Yeah, I haven't kept the count. Uh, third cap? I'm, yeah. Third cap, here we go, third start. For the for, second for the most important M. Erickson to Chelsea Football Club. <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. And it, isn't it a coincidence when the Magdalena Erickson comes back for her first start, Mia Erickson shows up for another cap on the London's Blue. So I guess that's fitting in, 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 in a sense. But um, you're not here to talk about hosts and who's here. You're here to talk. We're here. You're here to listen to us talk about the FA Cup quarterfinal game against Birmingham City. Big win, huge win. All right, we're going to go over a couple of things. First of all, routine win. Are we back to our best? It was a tough start, but good looking performance. Um, we're also going to cover the fringe players kind of coming through in, in to some extent. I think finally performing to a level we expect the fringe players to perform at, and it was nice to see that. That kind of comes through. And lastly, the defensive line is pretty healthy again. We have a lot of options and everyone's kind of performing. So we're going to discuss who should start, who shouldn't start. And, you know, we'll take it from there. But before we get into our patented three-word match review, it's a little shout-out to our one and only Jesse, who uh, got a little bit of a shout-out there on the on the uh, FA, <laughs> FA player comms there. You want to talk a little bit more about that, Jesse? Yeah, well, it was a shout out for all of us, I think. Um, it did make me laugh, though, because I was like, you know when you're watching a game, but like you're not really listening to the commentary, you're kind of like focusing on the pitch, but then suddenly like someone like just says your name? I was like, uh, I I was like, that, that they were the, Mia's pills, you know, where you start hallucinating that the commentator was, was suddenly stating my name. Um, but yeah, Michael McCann was doing the commentary and... Uh, just read out a, a tweet, which is what I'd said on on London is Blue, so um, about Sam Kerr celebrating her goal. So that was funny and amusing. And I joked afterwards that when he said my name, I was worried about what tweet he was going to read out. <laughs> but fortunately, it wasn't an embarrassing one. Well, let's be let's be fair. You have some pretty intelligent tweets out there, so I, th- I think you'd be pre- pretty safe all round. Um, yes, um, let's get into it. Three word match review. Mia, what it what what in three words? How would you sum up yesterday's game? Yeah, I thought about it, and it's gonna sound kind kind of boring, but easy Chelsea performance. Straightforward, good, Jesse. I don't know. I really, I, I haven't really uh, managed to come up with one. Um, I will go with on the rise because I feel like. I don't want to go too soon because I feel like we've been here before this season, that things are starting to motor in the right direction, but it feels like things are motoring in the right direction. So I'm going to enjoy it while it's happening. Perfect. Um, I think I'm going to go with kind of, kind of one that's not really stealing, but I think it just fits the moment. It's called kind of just do it inspired by the, uh, the Mia Erickson sitting there in, in all black. Um, just because, 
Chelsea just went there and did it, right? So I, I'm assuming it was one of those team talks. It's we were the like, light oh. in my apartment. I just told <laughs> you, I'm not black. I know. <laughs> your outfit, your ensemble is is of a duck uh, nature. But um, no, I think Emma Hayes would have just said, listen, go out there and just do it. And that's kind of what they did. And it's, 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 it's pretty much, for me, sums up the game. Um, let's get into it. So, obviously, we're playing Birmingham City on a Sunday, the 20th of March, in the FA Cup quarterfinal at Kings Meadow. Uh, a whopping Chelsea 5-0 victory over Birmingham with goals coming from uh, Magdalena Eriksson, Drew Spence, who I think we'll get into quite a bit uh, today, and Neve Charles and Bethany England with a brace. Um, Jesse, you want to go through the team lineup for us? Yeah, um, so we got AKB back in goal, uh, a back three of Millie Bright, Magda Eriksson and Jess Carter. Some interesting kind of positioning there. We saw Jess Carter back in back in the middle. Um, I wasn't sure if we would see this like this um, and it'll be interesting to see if it continues because I personally hate it. Uh, so, but there we go. That's what we went with uh, for, for yesterday. Um, New Charles as the right wing back, John Anderson as the left wing back. And then we had Sophia Ingle and Drew Spence initially as our double pivot, but we might talk a bit about how that changed, I think, throughout the throughout the game later on. Uh, and then Jesse Fleming and Jisoo Yun as number 10s, which I loved. It's not something we've seen this season, but I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, and Beth England up top. And then, you know, because this game kind of wrapped up quite quickly um, in that second half, we we got some changes. So Maramiel, Lauren James, and Alsu Abdelina came on. I thought it was interesting and telling that Hayes only made three subs. I think there were quite a few players on that bench who Hayes was like, I am not interested in any of them <laughs> getting on this pitch at all. Um, and, you know, like, Panila Harder wasn't even in the squad, uh, which I think we can assume was just a rest as well, given that she played midweek. No Fran Kirby still too, as well, I guess is the other thing to make note of. Yep, um, I think that makes all sense. We'll quickly go through the stats. Um, a whopping 29-3 to shots for Chelsea with 11 on target versus uh, Birmingham's one. 73-27% to possession, 684 passes. So almost, uh, you know, almost over double that. 85% pass accuracy, um, four fouls apiece, a yellow card apiece, um, no offsides for Chelsea, and six corners versus three. So... A pretty emphatic attacking, uh, emphatic attacking performance there by Chelsea. Um, Jesse, what's your stat of the week? So this isn't technically my stat of the week. It's Nick's stat of the week because he put it on the WhatsApp group. And I don't think it's even Nick's stat of the week because I think he got it off the commentary because <laughs> I was listening as well. Um, I did enjoy him putting it on the WhatsApp group, but I was like, has he realised that we've all just listened to the same thing? But it was a good <laughs> one, so I'm taking it as my own. Uh, Birmingham has scored against Chelsea in over 10 hours of play now. And in that time, the aggregate score is 28-0. It's... Probably not that fun to dunk on Birmingham because, like, they have a pretty shitty time of it as a club. But given how much we struggle sometimes against teams uh, that sit back and given that Birmingham actually beat Arsenal, and that's still pretty funny and I want to laugh about that, we are going to celebrate that we always beat Birmingham. So there we go. I love it. I think it's totally fine. So, again, Nick, if you're listening out there, we've given you the credit as well. So don't even <laughs> worry about it. Um, before we get into the meat of the pod... Let's just take a quick ad break and we'll be right back. 
And we're back. So just a quick reminder, as you've seen in the last week or so, we're covering the team every week, even midweeks now, you know, for when there, when there are big games in, in play. And, and uh, you know, hopefully you're listening along and enjoying the content. Um, and speaking of enjoying the content, rate and review on Apple Podcasts and, and kind of Spotify now, you know, um, we, we've... Uh, we're putting an effort into this into this podcast, bringing in some wonderful guests like Mia Erickson, who's right here back for a third cap. Um, and we must be doing something, right? Because she's agreed to come on a third time. Otherwise, you know, who would want to come on a third time? Um, and then join us on Patreon, doing some new stuff. Jesse's out there, really making it a thing. Um, you can hear some wonderful uh, new um, bit of content from from our one and only. So, and we got a great community out there. So, I think it'll be a, it's a fun ride to to see the Patreon grow again and, and do well. So let's get into it. Um, tough 45 minutes, but uh, probably a routine win uh, today. Obviously, I think, you know, we were all watching that first half and it just, you know, for the first 15, 20 minutes, you're like, oh no, Chelsea doing it again. There's no creativity. Things aren't working. Birmingham was just frustrating. Chelsea did sit in back. And then, you know, when that first chance kind of went through, I think it was a Bethany England cross to a G. You just had to tap it in somehow. And it went wide. I was like, is this a sign of things to come? Is this what we're doing? Um, kind of, listen, Jesse, what did you make of that first 15, 20 minutes of the game? Yeah, I thought, you know, obviously there is this nervousness we've had about playing these kind of teams who are just willing to sit back. I think what you saw, which was interesting, was... That, that Birmingham didn't want to just sit back but they were so narrow like they were like we're going to sit back just actually in the penalty area not even like across so there was so much space on either side but I think what felt good to me is that there didn't feel like much panic I think even even when we'd almost got to the end of the first half and not scored it still felt like everyone on the pitch seemed confident that the chances being created were going to be enough and I think that is to do with the kind of spaces G in particular was able to pick up she was able to make room for herself I think on that edge of the penalty area even when she was surrounded by a lot of Birmingham players which actually I think is something we've not really seen players in that number 10 role do for us against defenses that have really sat back it, it's often felt like we can only play in front of them there there is no one who's making that tiny run that little bit of trickery to get in there so I think that was a really good sign and you know I feel like just generally the team felt a lot more relaxed than maybe we had seen in some of those other games where it took us longer to score. And I think that's just come from having a good run of games. You know, we've kind of played these four games now in very, very quick succession with like kind of midweek matches and stuff. And I just feel like that's just giving everyone in the team more rhythm. And I think you could see that even in a, a first half where we didn't manage to like score. Fair enough. Mia, what did you think of those first 15, 20 minutes? Yeah, I kind of agree with the most of it. Um, and I, I also think that, yeah, those uh, number 10 players hasn't... I mean, they have done those things before, but the players around them hasn't played um, like to take advantage of, of that fact before. So I think that probably uh, someone have has told them to um, to to play like that now because this this um, other times that they have been playing low blocks they haven't been able to to play 
out wide and just make the crosses. And I was a little bit worried at first because I thought it was kind of crowded um, just outside dependency area. Uh, and, and I was like you when G missed that kind of sitter uh, that, oh no, not again. But then again, I'm going to be a little bit Swedish biased today because I just felt that when Magda just took care of things herself just before halftime, I, I was thinking that finally someone is just doing doing it. And it was nice to see that it came from a set piece as well, because I, I think Chelsea haven't scored uh, from a set piece in a long time. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't remember. I uh, looked. I looked this up because this is something I've noticed as well. Um, I looked this up for the SW6 stuff on Patreon, and we've got the second highest XG in the league from set pieces, but the joint lowest number of goals from it. So we've been creating chances from them, but like just fucking it up basically. <laughs> so it and was nice to see. Back. Yeah, and then Magda came yeah. back and someone yeah. was like, okay, I'm I'm taking control of this situation <laughs> and if you put me a header on a plate, I will score. <laughs> I will uh, I will quickly give a shout out to, to Cam Megan, uh, an ex-colleague of mine from Total Football Analysis who now does uh, some analyst work for, for Chelsea Women and Emma Hayes' backroom staff and I, from my time with working with him, he was the biggest set-piece nerd I knew. He, he was he knew everything i think he's doing his dissertation on set pieces so i'm going to give him credit for you know, that that second highest xg for for chelsea doing that so cam if you're listening well done buddy you you, you did it um and you finally got to go it almost reminds me of when united fans were, were were chasing the men's team and when they finally scored from a corner i think it was like 150 corners before they got that goal so kind of feels reminiscent to that but kind of very quickly just touching upon the the two number 10s that were there and i know chelsea have tried multiple different iterations of playing different tens in different profiles. We've had Hard, Kirby, you know, G uh, and whatnot. And we'll get into Drew Spence a little bit later. But I almost felt like the G-Fleming combination was one of the new ones, obviously. But I kind of liked it mainly because it had this balance of creative passing, but also someone who's willing to run with the ball and run in behind. And Jesse Fleming, who knew who knows how to take it wide and is really good with the ball at her feet in terms of progressive uh, progressive running. And in G, you've got someone who can dribble, but is an excellent progressive passer on the other side. So I felt like that combination of profile and skills between the two of them kind of suited Chelsea. And someone like Bethany England, who is almost someone who can play through the air, someone can run in behind, and someone who can hold up the ball and kind of maybe not to the extent of Sam Kerr, but in her own right, a very, very good striker in that sense. So I felt like that was a really good combination three to try for, for Emma Hayes. And, you know, that could be one to keep an eye on for the future when we need to rotate the front three. This could be that front three going forward in terms of being, and I remember I think I mentioned in a couple of podcasts ago where we need that backup front three to work. This could be the start of something to do with that. But, you know, we can we can look at that later. But kind of speaking of Magdalena Eriksson's return, she obviously returned, remarks have returned with a goal. But I feel like the team was visibly better, at least on the ball going forward, coming out from the back. You know, uh, I think, Jesse, you mentioned in the last podcast where the back three that, that's been playing kind of just felt very covered, that covered defenders. They felt very sweepers, like nobody wanted to take that. Like Millie Bright does it, obviously, but then there's this poise. There's this kind of like... Um, it's like this purpose in when Magda Elena Eriksson steps forward with the ball and you can you can almost tell like she's 
stepping up with a purpose to do something, you know, uh, every time she did step up. And I felt like, you know, throughout the first half, there were moments where I saw it felt like she was acting as this third defensive midfielder alongside the double pivot when when Chelsea didn't have the ball. And it just gave Chelsea that extra person in midfield that Birmingham had to contend with and couldn't mark. Most of the time when, when Ericsson stepped forward, it was like she was the free player. And so she could kind of do whatever she wanted with the ball because there was so much extra time. And I think it really felt like that added to our, our build-up. So, Amir, what did you think of that and anything else you saw from Ericsson's performance overall? Yeah, I kind of picked up uh, on what sort of changed already when she came on versus Everton because then she she started to play long balls diagonally. like And, and we haven't seen that for a while, like it's been on on the left side all the time and I mean it was just something I, I picked up on and she did that um, yesterday as well uh, and I, I think that she you can really see the difference also uh, from Jonna uh, when Magda is on the pitch we can't we can't look away from that because it's it's like and I, and I thought they had some really nice link-ups uh, together and, and Magda's movement forward sort of like just pushed them um, to, to like just get the play going. It wasn't slow um, like we have seen also from time to time when, when they have played low blocks that, that it, it's too slow. Like the ball doesn't circulate uh, uh, fast enough. But I thought that was the feeling you kind of get when when Magda came on the pitch yesterday that okay it looks like it's going to be hard to score but I wasn't that worried for some reason when I saw that they at least tried to move the ball uh, quicker um, and I and I I'm obviously kind of you know partial about this because I'm Swedish but I like the link I like the John Jonna and and Magda link ups because it I mean, it's it obviously from the national team and everything, but, but you can see that it, yeah, it gives the whole unit something when when those two are playing t- together. Yeah, there's a reason why we've we've used it for like the past three seasons as well, right? It's it's not like it's a new thing, you know. It's like pretty no, tried and tested I mean, as they go. <laughs> come on, just stick to the things that works, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's absolutely that's absolutely correct, and I think um, again, Jonna is just I think probably in the last eighteen months one of her best forms of her life. Just, just consistently is and there's less and less mistakes now in her game. I mean, now obviously we we just said that when when back to there she's she's she just obviously it's a tried and tested uh, it's a tried and tested pairing and and it works. But I just feel like even when she wasn't there playing next to Carter, Bright, or Nauer, she was able to kind of still play well without making too many mistakes so i think that's that's really good on her part from being able to evolve past the you know having to be uh past ericsson there but everybody got goals i mean second half was a goal fest uh everyone got goals um you know but jesse what was your what was your favorite what was your favorite goal or moment from that second half from the plethora of goal scorers that we had Oh, it's got to be the Drew Spence back heel for Beth England tap-ins, isn't it? That was that was serious sauce. Um, yeah, that was the one that like obviously really stood out. And I think it was interesting because as much as we just talked about how much we enjoyed like G and Fleming as those two number 10s, maybe there was that slight 
you know, lack of a burst of energy. And Hayes obviously switched at half time, brought G back, put Drew Spence as the number 10. And I was like, mm, not sure about this because I just spent like the entire first half being like, I really like this pairing. Um, but, you know, it turns out Emma Hayes does know better than me <laughs> uh, because it really paid off. And I thought, you know, the Spence's movement on that goal is maybe the prime example of, of what was missing in that first half that, that for all of the nice bits of space that those play like Fleming and, and GCN were able to find, there maybe wasn't the same kind of plosive power from them to like really burst through. Uh, I think that's why, you know, the the Bethany England goal, which is actually really feels like a Drew Spence. I, I want to say it's Drew Spence's goal. Um, that felt like really, because her just movement there was like so, so good. Um, and, and her movement, even when she was peeling back for the goal she did score as well, was great too. So I thought, you know, that that was like probably my favourite. But I just enjoyed everyone getting on the score sheet. It's just a good, a good feeling, isn't it? I really wanted a Lauren James goal. I was like, this would be perfect. This is the perfect time. But we're still waiting. That would have been that would have been nice, and even also Abdelina almost had a had a chance on goal as well. So that that was that was close. Um, but Mia, kind of talking about the movement and, and what Jesse talked about movement, everybody playing well, and kind of there was just a lot of creativity. How do you think Chelsea go go around solving this problem of of starting games against low block teams where it's just very very difficult for them to to break them down early on in games where. You know, obviously, like in this game, we saw once they get a goal, it's very difficult, easy for them to kind of continue that when they have time. But it's that problem of getting into that first goal. So where do you think that the answer lies in terms of breaking teams down, at least in, in, at starts of games? Yeah, I probably, I probably, I do think that uh, using two number 10s could solve a little bit of a problem. Um, but I mean, this is going to be looking ahead now. I think that will be the key to, you know, like those teams that they are going to, Chelsea is going to play now. We're going to see a lot of low blocks uh, from now on. <clears throat> I mean, it's no use in denying that. So what I do think is now also like a player like Jesse Fleming, she is willing to take the, the physical fights in, in that area. Um, so I I think she can do a lot of great work uh, if she is being played in that position. Like I can I can see her playing with Penilla Harder, um, like versus Tottenham now, because she's willing to. I mean, probably many people yesterday thought that Jesse Fleming was kind of struggling to hold on to the ball, but she actually got like two or three Birmingham players on her straight away when. When she she got the ball, uh, when she was wrongly turned away from goal as well. So, but she's like she's the hard work working player. Um, I mean, also I I kind of like the fact that she describes herself as as a how do you say this? Do you say hy hybrid 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 yeah hybrid, yeah, yeah hybrid. Uh, she's a very hybrid midfielder. And I, I mean, she, she is used in every position across the midfield now. But I do think that you have to find the the right pairing in the midfield, like who is going to play in the double pivot. We have talked about that a lot during this season. <laughs> who is going to play like the two number tens then? And it's all about fi finding 
that pair uh, in the in the midfield. I think for me, it's, it is like that because I mean I was kind of frustrated when they played Reading, and you you could see that Penilla Harder made those runs to to split the Reading low block the defense up, but she never got the ball. Uh, now yesterday we saw that those runs paid off because the player uh, the players around actually play the ball. Uh, so I think I'm not going to say that I'm not worried because I, I do think that we we still have to to see what Chelsea is going to do versus Tottenham this week uh, before just taking a breath and, and saying that, oh, we're going to win the league. Because it's like you said now, uh, um, it's the first goal that needs to come, and it needs it needs to come sooner. I think. Mm. Yeah. Can I ask absolutely. a controversial, potentially controversial question? Always. Do I've just thought of this, so I don't know how I feel about it. But do we think that maybe Beth England is almost better at vacating that space for those more technical number tens than sometimes Sam Kerr is? Because I think one of Beth England's like really great traits is her ability to kind of vacate the traditional number nine areas. And I think in the second half, that's what you really saw other players being able to come in and make those runs and kind of surprise a defence. And sometimes I wonder, like, that's not so much Kerr's game. And maybe that's why when we're playing with kind of two creative tens with Kerr, you don't see her do as well. Whereas obviously she really excels with someone like Frank Herbie, who I know she sees herself as a 10, but like also is really good at taking up that like wider space on the right. I don't know what you guys think. Mia, you want to take a stab at that first? Yeah, I had a a conversation uh, with someone the other day about a player like Stina Blackstenius. Because Stina Blackstenius, she's very good at what she's doing. But she's not good at everything in in the attack. So I do know that we like to talk about the fact that Chelsea player the, the Chelsea players are all like flexible and can play in any position. But it's not every time, every game. It's not always good that they are like that. So so sometimes you you might just put a player like Bethany England up there to do that number ten job a number nine job um and not anything else apart from that i think i can i can i can agree with that yeah i can agree with that because i think in some sense when we saw ethnic england a couple of seasons ago when she came second highest goal scorer in the league i think it was 14 or 16 goals in the wsl she was the focal point of the team without any real star names in behind us it was like your g your ingles and then england and Wrighton and these were the players in and around. And I think you can, and Frank Kirby obviously was, was the big one on the right. But at the time, England only had to, not, had to basically, it was Frank Kirby and Bethany England. And right, she could say, okay, I can still play my natural game and Frank Kirby can adapt and she can play well. And obviously she was injured. She was, she was out for a little while in that season. So I think when England was the, the focal point and the spearhead, she could play the way she played and get that many goals. But I think now, with the profile of players that have come into this side over the last 18 months, Penilla Hardas, Jesse Fleming, um, Sam Kerr, and, and, and obviously Jeep, sometimes when she's played forward, I think the front three have become so much of the number nine having to be 
a little bit of a chameleon. And I think maybe Bethany England is more suited to one style of play than the other. However, what I like about this point is I think when Sam Kerr plays, she's very much, I'm going to drift into the wide channels, but I'm also going to come back and make a run and be in the box and, and finish moves off and, and, and play that sort of role. Whereas I think maybe Bethany England is not very good at those dynamic, maybe runs where she has to make, she could make the first run, but then having to make that second run and coming back and identifying that space and those sort of movements maybe aren't her strength. So maybe just being able to create the space by pulling defenders away by being this big focal point, being being a strong holder, hold up holder of the ball, can allow someone like a Panela Harder, a Fran Kirby, a Drew Spence, a Jesse Fleming, or whoever's playing in that ten position, to make those late runs into the box. I mean, we've seen it a little bit with um, Manchester United when Alessia Russo plays up front; she holds the ball up and makes space for Vildebaris to come inside, makes space for all these players to make these late runs. And I think Chelsea could do the same. I think. Drew Spence's goal, the one that she took from just outside the box, was kind of hinting towards that. Jesse Fleming, Bethany, they made space for They kind of pulled the defense apart. And, and Drew Spence had this really nice middle path to go and score that goal. So, so I think, yeah, I think, I think if that's something that... I think that's something they, they could try as like a plan, as a, as, a, as a secondary way of trying to break teams down instead of doing the same thing. And it gives at least it gives an alternate option for Emma Hayes and the, and the team to play in case plan A doesn't work. And if Fran Kirby continues to be out for the next couple of games, then this could be a way to, to break down Tottenham, who've been a very, very good defensive side this season. And, and I think it'll take something to, to break that team down. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of leads us well into the next topic. But just before that, Emma Hayes had a couple of words to say on kind of the overall game. And she said, I felt we've learned the lessons of the past in terms of what you have to do to work the opponent down. Um, we were worthy of a 1-0 win in the first half, but not because of the chances we created. The opponent made it difficult in their block. We worked them hard. By the time the second half came, we'd done the hard work to create the chances. So I guess that comes down to kind of working them down and tiring them. And then, you know, maybe those small those small changes that they made, change of personnel and positions and, and the movement kind of then started opening up uh, Birmingham because I think we've said it multiple times where... Chelsea played this sometimes a very predictable way, which was kind of what, what, what happened in the game against Reading, where they just played the same way. And it's suddenly in the last 10 minutes when they switched it up, the goal came from that. And I think Hayes realized that early on, so, all right, let's make those changes after 45 minutes. And suddenly it's it's four more goals in the game. But um, I think that, that ties us nicely into kind of the fringe players performed well. I mean, a number of them came in. Drew Spence started. Bethany England came up and it was Drew Spence's 50th goal. And obviously she had that amazing... Back heels, so kind of Jesse to quote you, back heels FC uh, was going on yesterday. Um, but kind of which one of the fringe players, if we can call them, kind of impressed you the most? Me, I'll start with you very quickly. Yeah, I actually, I thought that Drew Spence had two halves, like, but that was probably because of the fact that when she came on for the second half, she had switched position a little bit and, and had a, a different role. Because the first half, I was kind of annoyed with her. Uh, I thought she she it was sloppy passes. Even though in that role uh, that she had, she's supposed to play the ball forward and, and take some risks. But I thought it was too much space to even like miss passes like that. So so and then she came on for the second half and was like all over the place and, and scored and did back heels and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to go with her because I, I thought it was, it was, it's also nice to see that a performance like that can, can change 
like coming out as a new player. Uh, often when when we have watched Chelsea play these low team, low blocks, uh, and these teams, they haven't been able to to change the picture of the game. Uh, and now they came on and did that. And I thought Drew Spence was a big, big part of that and a, and a big reason for doing so. So I'm going to go with her. Nice. Jesse? I think I'd go with Beth just because I feel like this kind of performance from her has been a long time coming. And I think generally this season, as much as like every non-Chelsea fan and some Chelsea fans are like, Beth England should go somewhere else to play and get more minutes. Like, if you actually watch her play a lot of times this season, she's not always been very good. Um, it doesn't mean that that fact's not true, but just sometimes it, like, irritates me that, I guess, people who don't watch Chelsea in as much detail as obviously we do um, are then, like, acting like there's this literally amazing striker who for some reason we just never want to play no the reality has been she's had quite a lot of opportunities in quite a lot of big games and lots of the time it hasn't come off for her but look like we do we we also know better than anyone like what a good player she can be and I think you know today not today yesterday we saw (laughs) a lot more of of why that is I thought we saw so many different elements of her game um you know her I think her ability in the air, even though she didn't score from a set piece, I always think Sam Kerr is very good in the air as well, right? But I I think Sam Kerr is good in the air in a different way. She doesn't have the same physical presence as Beth has. And I think Beth in the box from a set piece creates more chaos for like other players to benefit from, you know, like like a Neve Charles who can then peel away from a defender because maybe everyone else is watching England instead. Um, you know her goal from the edge of the area as well like that shooting ability is something that I think is really underrated about her game like she's not just this penalty box poacher like she is a fantastic striker of the ball Um, but she will do the penalty box poaching too as we kind of saw from from Drew's Drew's back heel you know it's it's easy for players not to make those runs do you know what I mean like the goal looks simple but it's only simple because Beth's in that position so yeah, I just felt like this was a much, much more improved performance from her than some of the ones we've seen this season. And I think, generally, the more she can build on this, the more game time she will get in this Chelsea team. Because I know it feels like it's kind of fashionable to feel like lots of people sometimes think Emma Hayes like has all these favorites and there's nothing you can do to displace them but we talked about this last week and it's just something that I don't believe is true like I generally think she's like a surprisingly equal opportunities manager and I think you can see that from the reintegration of players like Jonathan Anderson this season and I think if Beth England had been putting in nine out of ten ten out of ten performances she would have played more minutes this season than she has and I would like to see her play more minutes and I would like to see her play well to do that and I I think this game kind of showed that maybe we're moving back in that direction. I agree. And I think you just have to look at Neve Charles as, a, as another classic recent example who was out in the cold for like three, four, five months. And suddenly in the last month, back in that first team, first choice, right wing back, right back all over again, you know, and it's like she never, she was never dropped. I mean, that's, so I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think Beth, and, and I think I think let's be real. Bethany England didn't perform the best in the chance that she was given and the minutes that she was because, like you said, if she had shown enough to Emma Hayes to think, yeah, you know what, I'll, I'll give you a run on the side, and I, and I'm happy to drop a Fran Kirby, a Sam Kerr. I mean, the fact that she's at times 
even though Frank Kirby's been ill and whatever, she's she's dropped some big players in the side for runner games. AKB, classic example, you know, like dropped her for somebody else. So there is, there is no, no fear from Emma saying, all right, if I have to drop Sam Kerr for three games because Bethany England's playing better, I'll do it. I'll make that. I'll make that move. So I think that's a, that's a good point. I think for me, I'd have to agree with 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 Beth England. I think um, she's probably one that I think can offer something the most different of each each position on the pitch. Obviously, we've got multiple options, but I feel like up front she brings the most different thing as an alternative. And I think if she can put in more performances, and even if she can put in like what, ten goals a season from being this this sort of plan B sort of player. Um, I mean, there's, there's nothing like it, you know, along with the, with what everybody else does, but I quickly want to go on to Drew Spence because I feel like this was probably one of her standout games, probably her best uh, performance of the season so far. Um, I think many a time we've seen Drew Spence come on and play 45 minutes because it's not been the best of halves or something like that. And she gets taken off at halftime and often she's the first one to get taken off to make that tactical switch. But I think this game, um, you know, for me, I was like, she just channeled in her uh, her prime Penilla Harder impression. It was like, I've got to show them I can play as number 10 and I can score goals and do the fancy tricks. Um, and it worked. And I mean, and I, I'm going to throw this question out to both of you. Is it too much of a far-fetched idea to maybe once in a while throw Drew Spence in as this completely left field number 10 option in there? Just because there's just, it's just totally different out there. Like you just, if nothing's working, throw Drew Spence there as a number 10. Jesse, what do you think? Yeah, I like, I think, you know, when we when we talk about Drew Spence, we kind of joke that she, you know, has this kind of destroyer energy. She's going to, like, go into these crazy tackles. She's the player you put on for, like, the last five, ten minutes of a game because she's just going to, like, run and shut everything down. And I think that same energy applies if you if you play her as a, as a number ten, just in a bit of a different way than we normally see it. So in some ways it kind of makes sense to me that, like, if you're playing her in a double pivot against a team who are just going to sit back, like, what is Drew Spence going to do in that situation? Like, they're not coming on to her. She's not really got anyone to tackle. She's not some, like, elite passer of the ball. That's fine. Not everyone has to be. We've got loads of those in the team. So I'm kind of like, yeah, well, why not, like, push her up and just have her be, like, kind of just marauding past players. They don't really know where she's going. They don't really know what she's doing. Like taking up a bit more space, being a bit more like a distraction rather than just kind of sitting there with almost like nothing to do, but without the ability to un- actually unlock the defence that's in front of her. Yeah, I can agree as well, because some somehow I do think that she enjoys playing up front more than uh, as a defensive midfielder. But, but also I, I do think that Drew Spence offers more actually uh, I mean, let's say you play City or Arsenal or or some, yeah, one of the top teams, and then you you're in the lead, then you have to protect that lead. Then I do think that Drew Spence is better than playing as a defensive midfielder in uh, when they play. I mean, we saw what happened versus Reading, for example, like when when they just counter attack and and then everyone just get runs over. So I do think that. It's kind of an option like this because something had to happen in the, this second half, obviously. Uh, I don't think that Emma Hayes would have been like pleased with just that Magda goal. So 
if you're gonna make it happen versus Birmingham in the quarterfinal in the FA Cup, then just put Drew Spence up as the creative attacking number ten, and let's see what happens. Probably the opponents weren't <laughs> expecting that as well. So yeah, legit. Well, like, yeah. how do you prep for that? <laughs> you can't. Next thing, not all we need now is Drew Spencer's the number 10, Millie Bright is the number 9, and then that's it. Let's just pump long <laughs> balls forward, and then we become... Chaos. <laughs> chaos. Chaos ball ensued. It's just like suddenly, like last 10 minutes, right, Millie Bright, number 9, Drew Spence coming on, number 10, that's it, long ball city, and then we go from there. Um, but we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, three subs at halftime, and I think it was the three obvious subs if the game was put to bed, because these are the three players that need minutes, and... Obviously, Mielda, Elsa Abdelina, and Lauren Jaynes came on to get some minutes. Um, Jesse, what do you think? What kind of role do you think they'll play for the rest of the season? Because obviously, Chelsea are going to be fighting for the WSL title still. They're in it. It's in their hands. And, um, you know, I think I think we've seen throughout the season that we kind of need every player. And if we can have three players who can come in and, and play a role, I think it becomes important, especially with the games becoming so tight and it's not as guaranteed week to week. Yeah, I think um I think Mielda is like it's so good to have her back just because I I would be surprised if we necessarily see her starting that many games, but maybe we will. But she's such an important option to come off the bench. Like we actually have not a huge number of those like experienced bench players that you often see teams have, you know, players who like know exactly what they're going to do when they come on the pitch. Normally when we see Hayes making changes, it is players like Abdelina James who are, like, younger. And that's not always, like, optimal if, say, you're, like, defending a lead, right? So I think it's really nice to have an experienced player who we don't necessarily need feel like she needs to start all the time. She can obviously play kind of a million different positions as well, which helps. Um, I was disappointed not to see Lauren James start this game, actually, though. I thought this was, like, a really perfect opportunity for her to get a really, like, to get really stuck into a team, given the kind of side Birmingham are, which I think really suits her. And I think, you know, we've seen her, like, have a, you know, couple of run of these, like, 30-minute goes. I know she did start against Leicester in the previous round, but I just feel like she's coming on for these games where they're kind of done and then she like maybe has some good opportunities or like does some like fancy things but it doesn't really feel like we're like testing her to really make an impact on a game because she's always coming on when the game is finished and I think that's a shame because I don't think that's really doing much to develop her as a player but at the same time I can see why Hayes you know, we are at the kind of wrong end of the season for that now, maybe. And maybe that's just like the misfortune of given she's been injured for such a long period of time. That's kind of the way it is. We're now going to have to wait to the start of next season when, you know, you do have a bit more freedom to to try something a bit different. Um, and then also Adelina, I think it's a really interesting one. I'm still a bit confused about why we've not really seen her do more left back, left wing back things. Again, she came on a lot higher up the pitch. Um, it's clear Hayes thinks that's where she wants to play her. And that's kind of all okay, but also we've got loads of players who play in that position and not many who play in the other position. And she used to play in the other position more and only occasionally. So I don't really know why we swapped that round. And again, like we were 5-0 up, like maybe let's just 
see what she can do for half an hour there. So I didn't really get that one. I think all three of these players, I think Marin's got the biggest role to play. I think the other two at this point, it's just like minutes in legs rather than actually looking at them having any real impact on the rest of the season. No, I think I think that thing that makes total sense. And I think um, just Marin Mielder with the experience and kind of if you need, like, I think, yeah, like you're right, if out of all three players, if you need someone to come in for a crunch game, um, let's say playing at right wing back, Let's say you're playing Aaron at midfield and 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 Neve Charles is out or something like that. You you'd you'd bank on Mielda being half fit, you know, to play a better role um, than probably most other players in there. So I think I think that's a I think I, I really think that she'll have a role to play in some way, shape, or form. She'll have that clutch moment at some point, and and who knows, maybe that that gets the Chelsea to win the league. So I think Hayes said. Um, you know, one of the challenges when you rotate the teams is able to be able to perform at the same levels. And at this time of the year, the team have known that when I've not been happy about it and today I was happy with it. And I think that goes to show, um, you know, the change that we keep seeing and at halftime and, and, and all that, that if Emma Hayes doesn't like something, she, she'll make a change. She's, I think she's one of those where if she doesn't like something at 25 minutes, she'll make the change. You know, she hasn't done it yet, but she, she just seems like one of those, one of those uh, managers. Um, but I think, Obviously, Chelsea came in with the win, and uh, I think it's it's telling that you know the Chelsea men are in the FA Cup semi final, the Chelsea women are in the FA Cup semi final, the under eighteens on the men's side are in the FA Youth Cup semi final, and the women's under sixteens are in the FA Youth Cup final. So, cup, just a cup team doing well in the cup this season, and uh, seems like everybody loves the FA Cup. It would be pretty cool if all of those levels won the FA Cup this year. That would I think be a fuss, right? If if everyone were to win or. I'm pretty sure this is a first on its own. I'm just making it up. But like three semifinals and finals from all levels that are <laughs> I'm making things up as we go right now. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, and kind of going into our last kind of quick point, we should start in our back line. I mean, listen, Magda's back. Great performance. Millie Bright's been in, in really good form throughout the season. Anik now has come through and performed better than I think most of us expected. Jess Carter has improved as season's gone on. Mielda's hovering in the background. Neve Charles come back into form. You can still throw Aaron Cuthbert there, right wing back. Um, I mean, the possibilities are are pretty pretty endless, you know. Um, so, Jesse, what's what's your back, choose a back four or back five? What's what's your back line going forward? Maybe this is like <laughs> totally naive of me to do. But quite a big part of me is like, maybe we should just go back to that really good back four we had before Maren Mielder got injured and play Mielder, Bright, Ericsson and Anderson. Because it worked out pretty well for quite a long time. And I know some of it went to shit after Maren Mielder got injured and it that wasn't necessarily all Maren Mielder's fault. But maybe we could at least try it for a bit and see how that w- went. I mean, I don't know. I don't... I feel like in my mind, Maren Mielder is like still in cotton wool. So I don't know how realistic that is for her to play regular game time. But if you were just asking me on paper, that would be my logical thing, ultimately. Like, I think Anik Nowen and Jess Carter, they have been very good. That's, like, great. But I would still just play that original back four, <laughs> ultimately. It's fair, Mia? Yeah, I, I like that thought. Uh, I, I, can, <laughs> I can see it in front of me as well. But I do think that it, it's kind of hard uh, as well to to think about this because 
we're going to be completely honest, like the teams that, that Chelsea is going to play in the league uh, for the upcoming games, it's not the best and top teams. So if you have had a backline that has been performing really well and stable, uh, apart from the FA Cup, uh, um, the Conte Cup final, because that was pretty much like... I, I do think that we have been talking about this throughout the season as well. Is it the midfield that that if if the midfield is struggling, then the back line is like it it can be a complete mess. But if you have like that those back back four that you just mentioned, then I I would like to think that if the midfield struggles, it wouldn't be a struggle for the back line to handle uh, the same way because. I mean, obviously, Jess Carter and, and Nick Nguyen, they are young. Uh, that could play a part in, in that as well. Um, and again, I'm Swedish. I would like to see uh, Magdalena and Jonna play. Uh, so it, it's kind of... But I, I must say that I rather have options, options on the bench than not having op- options at all. Uh, so that that's my answer here. It's going to be very very interesting to see if Magda is starting the next game. Uh, that's going to be very very interesting because, like you said in the beginning, Jesse, I don't like the back three with Jess Carter in the middle. I don't like it. I feel like just play Anik there if that's what you want to do. Yeah, play Anik yeah, exactly. There. Or or like. Right in the middle or something. I, I'm I'm not sure because there's something between in the dynamic sometimes between Magda and and Jess Carter that doesn't sit right for me. I can't help it by by feeling it. It's like, and I think no, I don't like that. <laughs> it's fine. One M Erickson is talking to the other M Erickson through tele- telepathy, so I, I can. Yeah. I, I, I think we can put it down to that. You know. It's it's it just runs in your Swedish blood. You can just you just know. Um, I mean, if I had to pick, I think, yeah, I think that back four is is worth a shout just because it was so solid while, while when it was there. And I mean, it, it just it almost just felt like overnight that that one injury just kind of everything just wilted and it took us so long to get back into a position. Now we are like. I feel good about the backline again, you know. Whereas it just—it was just such a long time to get back to this point. So maybe going back to that um, uh, would help. But if I had to give an alternate back four or even a back five, if we're playing with a three-four-three, three, um, happy to play Neve Charles at right back. I think she's showing the form that she did last season, and I think if it is going to be her long-term position, because in a back four, I don't know where Charles plays. I don't think she's a great right back. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's any intention of Emma Hayes playing her as a right winger. So it has to be as a right wing back. Unless she, you know, maybe next season Emma Hayes does what she did to go right. And then suddenly we see Neve Charles is like a number 10 or a number nine. I don't know. Something like wild that's out there. And suddenly she's like amazing in those positions. But I play Neve Charles there. Um, a back three of Mielda, uh, Bright, and. Uh, Ericsson and I played John Anderson at, 
at left wing back. That would be uh, maybe something I'd try in, in a back five, just because I really want to see what Miel does like in, a, in the, at the right side of a back three, just to kind of see in that position because I think she offers um, great positional solidity, knows how to read the game, but can also step up and kind of also play that similar role that Magda does on the left side. You can probably do that from the right, but she's got the tactical and technical discipline to be able to sit back when required. So, and I think that would be pretty experienced back three where you're pretty assured of, all right, we're in safe hands here if we are to play that formation. Um, yes, I think that's pretty much it. Um, standout performers, Mia, who was it for you yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay with my Swedish bias here. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Magda. <laughs> yeah. Jesse. If there's any, any time I can be like totally pour my heart out for, for this week. You've had a tough because, six months yeah. or however long it's been without being, not six months, three months without yeah. her being available to pick for these Exactly, kind of exactly. All for it. Jesse. Um, I'm gonna go with Drew Spence. I know I said that I thought Beth England was like really good yesterday, but I I have to pick Drew Spence for this game just because she scored her fiftieth goal and it felt like one of those matches which is like I know we were kind of talking about like, could Drew Spence do this kind of thing more regularly? Um, but I don't I think this was her her one shot to to be the star and she took it, so I have to give it to to her. That's fair. And uh, having said that, I'll give Beth England her deserved shout out on the show. I think two goals really played well. Probably one of her best games uh, of, of of recent memory in the last couple of months. So I'll I'll give Beth uh, give her stand up performance from me. So um, we head into a couple of more games, and then we'll head into an international break. So Chelsea played Tottenham midweek on Wednesday, the 23rd of March. That's a, that's a big game, and I think it'll be a big testament to... Kind of, just sorry, before we go into that, I and now that we have Mia here, Mia, I want to ask you, what do you think of Zasir Musevic playing as the number one instead of AKB <laughs> in the last couple of games? I really want oh, to get yeah. your take we on that. The Swedish the Swede. take. Yeah, we need the Swedish yeah, the point Swedish of view. the Swedish take. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, I do think that as a Swede, we have been sort of kind of... If we're looking at the situation, I'm going to go with the situation in the national team right now because that's where we are heading. Because I I do know that, uh, or I do think, I know that uh, Jennifer Falk, who is the, one of the Swedish goalkeepers, she turned Manchester City down. Um, and then you have like Sechira Musovic, who is, who is like brave and, and accepts the offer from Chelsea to, and go over and just sort of like she wants to be the number one and i do think that obviously every goalkeeper uh, sitting on the bench says this but you can really i mean i spoke to spoke to Sechira like a couple of weeks ago uh, and you can really feel that she really goes for it and she believes in herself and i and i do think that 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 could be like you know the effect the Conte Cup final wasn't that great from Berger. So I do think, like you guys were speaking about earlier, that Emma Hayes is not afraid to to change something if if you can feel that, okay, now you can get your chance. And I do think that Sechira Musovic, she is ready to take her chance. And I'm here to see it. Like, So, I mean... 
as a Swede also, uh, um, with the international break coming up, it's going to be mighty interesting to see, because if she gets to play uh, during the international break, I do think that, and, and if she does it well, I do think that that's only going to like strengthen her position in Chelsea also. And uh, do, we, do, we, do we think that she then sneakily starts at the Euros as well? I do think that Hedvig Lindahl, uh, she will be the number one. She already tried to like trick everyone by leaving and now she's come back. So they can't <laughs> yeah, then not start back. her. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, 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 do think, I do think that she, I also, I had a conversation with her the other day as well, actually. So I, I, I do, I did get the feeling and the impression of the fact that this is going to be Hedvig Lindahl's last tournament with Sweden. Um, so I do think in order of that and if she is um, obviously performing uh, like we know she can then she is going to play but I do think that it's not like obvious that Sachira Musovic will, is going to be the third goalkeeper for Sweden if she will play for Chelsea regularly this spring and and like I said, I'm I'm all for it. I'm here to to see it and enjoy it. And uh, probably also, you know, like I, I do think she's worth she she's worth it. Now, she is worth the chance to to just be able to show uh, her willingness to be the best because she wants to be the best. There you go. People, you have it. You have the, the Swedish take on on the Musovic uh, number one uh, goalkeeping situation. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. So kind of where, where I left off, um, playing Tottenham in midweek uh, on the 23rd. Then we've got Leicester on Sunday uh, away from home. And then it's uh, it's, it's it's another game against Reading. We're back against Reading yeah. again so, so soon. Is this is this the chance for Chelsea to take revenge? Or is it going to be more of the same? We can only, we can only find out on the 3rd of April. Um, and then we go into a nice break, international break, where we're only back again against Tottenham. Again, another quick turnaround. I think unquote. we will be lucky enough to have a sneaky FA Cup semi-final in there first before that Tottenham game. So we've got to find out in 25 minutes who we, uh, who we play. So just so while while you you guys will obviously know about this before uh, before we do so uh, when when you listen to this uh, at least um, so maybe a, a, an FA Cup game and then uh, Tottenham please again. Please not Man City, please. Not. <laughs> <laughs> if they, I want got... West Ham. West Ham yes. is fine. Well, yeah, I think we that's all fine. West Ham. <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> we like we like to play West Ham. Uh, yeah. Everyone everyone loves a little bit of West Ham. Um, and then we play Birmingham again. It's just like reverse fixtures, you know, in the next three games, four games. It's like we're just playing everybody again. Um, and then the super big game, Manchester United, 8th of May, to round off the season. That'll be a big, that could be end up being a huge game, season-defining game. Will it be? Won't it be? But hey, listen, you can listen to us talk about it on the 8th or 9th of May. So there's always that to look forward to. Um, we'll break the tension for you. So kind of the table as it stands Arsenal on top, 17 games played, 40 points. Chelsea with a game in hand on 38, just two points behind. Um, United in third with 17 on 32 points, so looking pretty good there. City, 16 games, 29 points, game in hand. Another one, so first, second is is, is a tough one. Third, fourth is a tough one. Could Man City sneak it there? Who knows? Uh, Spurs sitting with a game in hand as well on 28 points. Another one looking for that third spot. 
And then we have our favorite West Ham on 24 points. And then Reading, Brighton, Everton, Villa, Leicester, and Birmingham round off the 12. I think that, that that's it for today. Mia, thank you for coming in again and uh, for, for, for answering the bat signal. Uh, we appreciate it, as always, coming in for your third cap. Jesse, amazing as always. Um, you guys know what to do. Keep the blue flag by hand. We'll see you later.